it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I'd pay for vacations with whatever was in my wallet, but I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Love this podcast because it crushes your dreams of getting rich quick. They actually got me into reading stats for anything. You're tuned in to the Investing for Beginners podcast. Led by Andrew Sather and Dave Ahern. Step-by-step premium investing guidance for beginners. Your path to financial freedom starts now. Starts now. All right, folks, welcome to Investing for Beginners podcast. Today we have episode 294. Today, Andrew and I are going to talk about the concept of multiple expansion and how it can impact the value of a company that you are looking at. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive in. Uh, Andrew, would you like to start talking about, I guess, first, maybe let's talk about multiples and kind of give everybody a little bit of an overview of what that is. So if you're new to the show and you're not sure what we're talking about, here we go. Perfect. A multiple is a way to get an idea of how expensive a stock is. And so basically what you're doing when you use a multiple is you're comparing something about a company to its stock price. The most common multiple is the price to earnings multiple or PE ratio. And you will hear that on probably so many different stock market shows or stock market articles or analysis it's everywhere and it's just a very simple way to look at where a stock's price is how that compares to the earnings and that gives you the multiple the higher the multiple the more the price is in comparison to the earnings and vice versa so a lower multiple you're paying a lower price on the same level of earnings that makes a lot of sense so the different multiples out there, usually when we're referring to multiples, I think we usually refer to price-based multiples. So like common terms or price to earnings, like Andrew was explaining, price to book, price to free cash flow. Those are some of the ones that are bandied about in the stock market world. And those are the ones that most people are, are familiar with. Michael Mobison referred to them. I think I, I kind of like the way he called them shorthand for valuation. And his meaning behind that was is they're they're an, a quick, easy way 
for people to kind of get a, a sense of how much a company is worth. And that's really kind of what we're talking about. And when you're talking about valuation, you're trying to figure out how much something is worth before you buy it. Just like if you go and buy, you know, a diamond ring or a car, you want to know how much it's worth before you plunk down your money. And that's exactly what we're talking about when we talk about valuation for a stock or for a company. And that's really what these are. So when you're talking about multiples, they move. They don't, they aren't static. So you don't have the price to earnings can change. Well, literally it can change daily if the price of the stock is changing because the earnings will only change quarterly or annually and depending on the company, but the price can move sometimes five or six times in a day. So in theory, the price to earnings ratio can adjust from, you know, period to period. So it's, it can be a bit of a volatile thing. So maybe we could kind of move from there and talk a little bit about the concept of, of expansion or maybe forward and past earnings and, and maybe kind of how those relate to multiple expansion and, and valuing a company. To me, to understand expansion means understanding what's driving a multiple. So if I were to ask you, Dave, what would make one stock's multiple higher than the other? Why does one company deserve a higher multiple than the other? What would be the first thing that comes to mind? Oh, boy. I think probably the first thing is the expectations of the market, what they think is going to happen to a company. If you look at NVIDIA as kind of an example of of an expectation, they recently really exploded in price about a month ago, maybe. And in a large part, because they came out with an announcement saying that their revenues were going to not quite double, but close. And that was unexpected. And so that caused the price of the company to skyrocket in a day or two. I think it went from $150 a share to close to 400 a share, almost literally overnight. And so that I think that's the first thing that pops into my head. What about you? Yeah, expectations for whatever reason. Like in that example, you're talking about a financial metric that is being revised in a positive way. There are also a lot of intangible ways that expectations can change. As an example, I remember... I mean, Tesla's still going crazy up and down like a roller coaster. So that story, the Tesla story, that stock can change so many different ways for a multiple number of reasons because of how people feel about autonomous driving in that future, because of how people see the potential of Tesla's insurance unit to insure their cars, because of what Elon was doing when he was buying Twitter, literally changed the expectations and the emotions around the company. Those things can all affect the multiple. And I think to the point of when can there be a multiple expansion, if we're talking about expectations, one way for the multiple to have an expansion, and usually when people say multiple expansion, they're talking about something that's sustained. We're not talking about the fact that the multiple went from 15 to 20 in a week. We're talking about a stock that generally trades around a 15 multiple, now trades around a 20 multiple. And usually that's because instead of being an expectation that's more emotional, it's something that's more lasting. And to me, when I hear something like the NVIDIA example, that sounds more lasting. Because if they can keep up that revenue, then they deserve to have an expansion there. Right. Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense. So what else would drive 
I guess, fluctuations with things like the news, for example, help drive fluctuations in the price of a company. And particularly when we're talking about between periods where the company tells you this is what the financials were. So if something happens in, let's say, February, so between the first and the third, in the first quarter of the year, between when a company would report, you know, and, you know, they had an oil spill, if it's an oil company, for example, something like that, I think would probably drive the narrative of the price changing. Am I correct on that? Yeah, for sure. I think of a recent example. This is dating myself now because it's almost been like three years or something. (laughs) But the whole inflation act that Biden signed, that's billions of dollars going into the type of infrastructure companies that are involved and those fundamentals have changed for the better because of that. So when you saw those gains with stocks, and I'm just going to use a couple examples since I'm familiar with them, they're in my portfolio, Martin Marietta or Cummins, these stocks that are driven by construction and expansion and infrastructure, when you see those, it's news that's maybe less noise and more substantial. And I think that would be an example where the reality has changed because of the news. And it's not just because... You know, some company used to trend on Twitter and doesn't trend anymore. We're, we're talking about things that like really impact. Right. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So between, I guess, the expectations that investors expect for a company to produce, I know that expectations certainly drive Tesla. And you said that, you know, the, the wild fluctuations, but everybody in Twitter recently, everybody's been talking about what they expect Twitter to do or Twitter. They expect Tesla to do in their next earnings call as far as like how many vehicles they're going to produce, for example. And there's a lot of expectations that they're going to hit this certain number. And so that leads people to either really buy into it or if they're not as enthusiastic about Tesla as other people may be, they may be selling because they don't expect that and they expect the price to come down. So I guess beyond those kinds of ideas, are there any other impacts or uh, aspects of the market that could impact a, a multiple and how it fluctuates? As a finance nerd, you would assume that I have my money game all together. Well, shocker, I didn't. Until Monarch Money. Monarch Money allowed me to easily see what is going on with my finances, helping me get a better handle on my spending, budgets, and more. It's my go-to app, more so than my bank, because I can quickly see where I am with my budgets and spending, allowing me to invest more and spend time on the things I want to do. It's my GPS for money. Monarch is a top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com beginners. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. Change the layout of your dashboard, toggle between light and dark mode, create custom budgets and notifications, set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications, and more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving the product. They release updates every two weeks and allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash beginners. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash beginners for your extended 30-day free trial. I'm Samantha Cole, host of the new season of Understood, The Pornhub Empire. 
Over the course of four episodes, I'll tell you how a horny YouTube knockoff in Canada came to dominate the porn world, only to shatter their cheeky reputation in a massive scandal. The Pornhub Empire is a new season of Understood from the CBC. Available now wherever you get your podcasts. To me, I think another thing that drives multiples in general is how much people expect a company to grow. And I know that kind of sounds like expectations, but we're really talking about the upside potential for growth. And so there are these buckets, which, you know, nobody's defining them. Nobody's sitting down and, and pulling companies out of the ether and dropping them in a growth bucket or a value bucket or a mature bucket or a young bucket. But those are things that are behind the veil kind of happening with these companies all, all around the market, as companies get categorized, they can have a higher or a lower multiple expansion. Or, I'm sorry, a higher or lower multiple. And so when you have a company that can transform from one stereotypical bucket to the other, that's where you can see another multiple expansion. So the classic example, again, the stock I have, so full disclaimer, but a company like Microsoft during the 2010s it's a huge company. People thought it was mature. They didn't see much of the upside potential in Microsoft Windows, which that has all been true. That hasn't been what you would think of as a high growth business. But in the meantime, Microsoft's created a whole new fast growing cloud segment that has the data centers and the servers that drive a lot of what you see on the internet today. And because they now had this much higher upside potential, they went from a kind of slower growth, mature bucket to this, okay, we have much faster above average growth again. And their multiple expanded a lot from that difference in perception. And there were numbers too to back them up. But if you looked at the financials in the mid 2010s, Microsoft already had pretty decent growth. But now the fact that they're kind of put in this new tech emerging kind of high growth industry, they had a multiple expansion that you saw that stayed and that they still kind of have and deserve because of a new upside potential from their new business segment. Do you have like other examples that kind of fit between the, the whole buckets idea? Yeah, I think probably the one that springs to mind is more recent is, is Google with the advent of not advent, but I guess the explosion and awareness around AI. And Microsoft's, you know, seeming lead in AI that really it drove pessimism towards the Google machine. And even though Google has been, you know, a fantastic business for a long time and is really dominant in the areas that they play in and have been very active using AI for a long time behind the scenes. Whereas Microsoft had, it was far more out in front with the chat GPT and Bing and just their announcements were way better. There was a Google, a failed Google announcement like a day after Microsoft did theirs and it was a very rushed job and it was really bad. Anyway, those things all helped contribute to instead of an expansion, actually a contraction of the multiple for Google. And because everybody was afraid that Bing was coming for Google search and that Microsoft's investments in AI were going to overshadow anything that Google had done and really turned Google, you know, people about Google very bearish, very down on the company for a period of time, six months or so. And it really drove the company's multiple down. It 
before that it was in the high twenties to low thirties. And then even now it's trading around the 20 PE, which means that it's, you know, you could consider it air quote cheap if you wanted to. And compared to the power of what, what the company does, cause it's still the leader in search. Oh, it's still far, the, yeah. one by magnitudes of, <laughs> you know, huge, huge number. And YouTube is number two in search and it's, you know, in video, it dominates. And, you know, my daughter watches way more YouTube than she does Netflix, for example. So you can see it in the numbers too. Has the growth for those things slowed? Yes. But the narrative was that Microsoft was coming for Google and they may still be and they may, they are chipping away, I think a little bit, but nowhere near to what people were expecting and it caused the price to drop for Google for a period of time. And it still really hasn't recovered much. And so those kinds of things, you know, kind of opposite what Andrew was talking about have really led to a contraction because people were so bearish or so down on what could happen to Google. And so that's to me was a maybe not necessarily from the the growth to the value, but in essence, maybe it is because it went from a growth company to now it's a value company because it's so cheap. Right. I'm glad you brought that up. In my opinion, it seems that it's way more frequent. I don't have data to back this up, but just kind of from observing the market, it seems like you have a lot more multiple compression than you get multiple expansion. And that's, to be frank, the reason why I avoid a lot of growth stocks is because it's one of those inevitables. At a certain point, you won't be hot, fun, and exciting anymore, and, and that compression is going to happen. And that could be a very easy way to lose money. And a lot of times those multiple, after the multiple contraction, you don't get an expansion again. It's the, the Microsoft example is pretty rare because they basically had to start a brand new business. It doesn't happen every day. So to think about maybe multiple contraction, maybe we can dive into that a little bit. When mm-hmm. I think of another recent example of multiple contraction, I think of Meta and what happened there. And you can argue that the capital allocation of that company was really being debated and investors were worried because on one hand, you have this crazy growing business with plenty of free cash flow. But on the other hand, if you have a manager who's spending a lot of that and none of it's coming back to shareholders, that's the whole point of owning a stock is to get the free cash flow eventually. Mm-hmm. And when you get the set, when you get the idea that the person in charge is never going to return that to you, it can create that multiple compression because you're like basically saying their profits that they're earning aren't as valuable because we're never going to see them. And that's what you saw happen with Meta. They did recover after, after they talked about being more cost conscious. People interpreted that as, okay, we're going to have more prudent capital allocation and maybe it's not going to be so wasteful. So we'll see that story still playing out live. But when I think of multiple compression, you can have, like you were saying, the buckets where a growth stock becomes more matured and, and it's considered that and people don't see as bright a future for it. You can also see from the capital allocation side how that can cause multiple compression. And probably there's like a million other reasons why a multiple can compress, but that's just a few to to kind of get started. What's the best way to get started in the market? Download Andrew's ebook for free at stockmarketpdf.com. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. I love that example of Meta. I mean, was there a more hated company in the stock market, you know, over the last year, year and a half? Probably not. There was nothing positive coming out of any sort of news or any sort of media related to that. Everybody was very, very, very down on, on Meta. And, you know, like you were saying, simply because Mark Zuckerberg had decided to try to go in a different direction and spend a lot of the money that they had to try to, in essence, build a new business. And time will tell if that actually bears any fruit, but it certainly turned everybody very bearish on the company and, and caused, yeah, I, I think I remember at one point it was trading around a 12 or 14 PE, which is, you know, prime value investing territory. You see something like that, especially a tech company with those kinds of margins and, you know, cash flow generation. That's, you know, kind of crazy. I think, you know, companies, I think will go through different periods or seasons and depending on, depending on what it is that they're doing, you're going to see different kinds of contraction over a period of time. And, and I'm thinking about some of the more, I guess, mature businesses. One of the ones that I think that kind of springs to mind right now is, is Texas Instruments, where they are going through a bit of a contraction on their multiple right now because people are nervous because they've been spending a lot of money to try to build out the capacity. And people that don't necessarily know that much about the business just see, hey, you know, free cash flow is down and they just look at a superficial level and then they think, okay, this is, this company is going in the wrong direction. They don't understand the context of what it is that's going on and why that free cash flow has dropped. And it's dropped because they're reinvesting in the business and it's going to help them in the long run. But in the meantime, that's caused the stock price to kind of pull back and it's caused the the multiples to pull back from where they were a couple of years ago before they started on this enterprise. So that's one of the companies that it's not a fast grower like Microsoft is, for example, but it's a solid company that's done really, really well and will continue to do really well. But it's just going through a season, if you will, that causes the multiple to contract. And it could be an opportunity for people that know the business well to reinvest in it more. Discovery, I do own the company, so just an FYI. But that's one of the things that I've seen, you know, over the last couple of years is maybe some more mature companies will see contractions depending on what they're doing with their business as they're trying to adjust and trying to reinvest in different ways that you can see some pullback on the price of the company and that can cause, you know, a, a contraction of a multiple. That's a great point. I think of Target historically, they had this expansion into Canada and it went horribly. And then mm-hmm. they horribly, they got out of there and then you get multiples can, can expand or contract because of certain business decisions that may or may not be agreed with. I think it's interesting that Texas Instruments and you see the, the divergence between Texas Instruments and the rest of the semiconductors and NVIDIA. It's almost mm-hmm. like NVIDIA is no longer a semiconductor company right. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that's an interesting thing too is certain industries do have multiple expansion and contraction as a rule of thumb. That's almost the, that's par for the course. These types of businesses will have multiples that fluctuate just like the market does and, and maybe even more so. And that's because they're more cyclical. So cyclical meaning they tend to have outsized profits during a economic boom and they tend to really have compression during an economic bust. 
And so they're a lot more up and down. And you'll see those type of businesses. I like to look at those and I like to look at their price to book ratio. And you can see how that expands and contracts because the earnings of very cyclical company will go all over the map depending Mm -hmm. on where you are in the economic cycle. But for a cyclical, you can still use like price to book or even price to sales. And that's a much more steady, maybe not price to sales because their sales can also jump. But price Mm -hmm. to book can be a great way to see just how much the market thinks that that industry is going to go through like you like to say, they have the struggle bus or how mm-hmm. much that industry has a bright future ahead. Mm-hmm. And counterintuitively, you probably want to go against what the common consensus is about an industry's future, be able to buy low and sell high on those type of businesses. So again, that's for the cyclical type of businesses that have huge swings and profits with the economy. That yeah. can include semiconductors, that can include some of the infrastructure names like Cummins, like I mentioned earlier, can include businesses like that can include raw materials companies, all of those can swing a lot and margin expansion and contraction is par for the course and it's not the same as the rest of the conversation we've had up -hmm. to this point. If you're listening to Investing for Beginners, then you probably care about money and learning how to make a good relationship with your finances. Everyone's Talking Money is hosted by money wellness expert and certified financial planner, Shauna Game. Everyone's Talking Money focuses on relevant, inclusive, and forward-thinking conversations around money. Hear about the money topics you need to know, such as ways to train your brain to reach money goals, why you should ditch your budget and start tracking your cash, and everything you need to know about paying off student loans. Simple steps to start investing as a side hustle, ways to invest in rental real estate, how to overcome money trauma, and so much more. With over 900 episodes, there's a show for any and every money question you have. I'm a big fan of Shauna's as well. She has a relatable style and soothing voice that takes some of the stress surrounding money. Shauna really speaks to the listener and never ends in an episode without actionable tips. I recently listened to the episode, Stop Stressing Over Your Money, a simple budgeting solution, where she talks about her simple, easy one, two, three system for budgeting. It helped me a lot. Are you ready to learn everything about money that no one has taught you? Do yourself a favor and subscribe to Everyone's Talking Money podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. That's an interesting observation about Semiconductor. It seems like NVIDIA has kind of become its own separate entity, kind of apart from all the other ones. And it's interesting. And I love the idea behind Price the Book. I had never thought about that with, with cyclical companies. I think that's that's a fascinating idea because, you know, kind of like you were saying, the, the book value of the company is not going to fluctuate as much as revenue may or the earnings may. And it's going to be a lot more stable, one would hope. And so that would probably, I'd never heard that before. That's an interesting idea, especially when I think of some cyclical industries as being more tech focused and you kind of tend to ignore price to book when you're thinking of more, some more tech heavy or tech forward kind of industry. So that's, I think that's a really good idea. I, I kind of like that. Yeah, you should run the numbers behind it. You'll, mm-hmm. I've done it with a lot of different companies and yeah. you'll see like, huh, buying at a low price to book actually does work for these. Makes yeah. Sense. Huh. Yeah. It does make a lot of sense. Yeah. That's kind of a brilliant insight. I guess the last thing for me, I guess the last kind of question that always kind of pops into my head when I think about this is what are the dangers of trying to play the multiple expansion slash contraction game Mm. yeah that's a very good very very good question because i think if you want to 
be a conservative investor, if you want to have a margin of safety emphasis on the safety, if you want to reduce the amount of times you lose money, you should be assuming that a company is not going to have a multiple expansion and still be okay with the price you're paying. So to give an example, if you're buying a stock at a PE of 35, when it usually trades at a PE of 25, but you think that the multiple is going to stick around at 35 forever. And if you don't, you're wrong. That could be a money losing endeavor because Multiple expansion does happen and it is nice, but it's not normal. It needs to have to be sustainable. It needs to have some big breakthrough that happens like a new business segment or, you know, fresh investment dollars in an industry that completely revitalized it or some new innovation that takes an industry to the next level. These things are unpredictable. So you don't want to build an investment strategy around them because you can't count on it. So if you continue just buying in hopes of margin expansion. And I'm thinking for the investors that get their hands dirty and do valuation models, Mm -hmm. if your valuation model is anticipating a multiple expansion, that's going to be a tough way to consistently make money over the long term. Yeah, it absolutely would. I think that's one of the dangers of, I think about it. I mean, NVIDIA is the one that's kind of coming to my mind is one of the dangers about investing in what just recently happened with that business because the price shot up so much that it, the expectations for that revenue growth have to continue beyond just the coming quarter for that price to be justified. And it kind of goes back to, you know, sometimes old things are still viable. So it goes back to this, the Ben Graham idea of, in the short term, the stock market is a voting machine, and in the long term, it's a weighing machine. And really what that means is that you, yeah, you can you make a lot of money investing in something like NVIDIA if you get lucky and it goes you know, to the moon in a short period of time? Absolutely. If you want to hold the company for 10, 15, 20 years and try to make money that way, it's going to be a lot harder because, as Andrew was you know, very astutely pointing out, that multiple that... 75 PE is going to come back to earth at some point because the company is not going to be able to continue to grow revenues as fast. It may over a few years, but not for 10 years. And so that chances are unlikely. Let me rephrase that. Chances are unlikely, highly unlikely that it can continue that kind of revenue growth for a really long period of time because you would hope that as they're generating that much revenue, the earnings are going to grow along with that, and which means that it, it would keep the same ratio. But if it doesn't, if the price starts to come back, then the PE, if the price comes back and the earnings rise, the PE comes back. And that means that you're losing money on that initial investment. And so that's where the danger of trying to play that game of getting in a hot stock and then riding it for a long time, it could be hard. It could be really hard. Because the expectations are that it's going to grow, you know, it's going to grow at 74% revenue growth. I'm not saying that's the actual number, but, you know, that's what people are expecting to pay for, you know, 400 plus dollars for NVIDIA right now. And I'm not saying that NVIDIA is a bad company or it's a bad potential investment, but you have to, you know, price matters and you have to understand where the price is in relation to what it's worth and how long is it going to be worth that. And that's really what it comes down to. The holding period will have a, a huge impact on on how well you get a return on that. And 
you know, as we've talked about ad nauseum 50 million times on the show, timing the market is impossible. My crystal ball is cracked and it's a little fuzzy right now. So I have <laughs> no idea what's going on or what's going to happen. But that's to me what can be the dangers of trying to play the multiple game of expansion, contraction and trying to, in essence, time the market. I'm glad you brought that up because that gives me the opportunity to to share about even value investors fall victim to the the multiple expansion thing. So to talk about Target again, I bought Target. I bought Target before like it had a multiple expansion and then it had the whole pandemic boom and then it really got a multiple expansion. So I added more to it because I I believed that everything that it had done, which is now growing at a much higher rate than it ever had historically, I thought that was going to sustain. So I, I looked at the stock price and I was like, this is cheap again. And I got burned by it when reality set back in and they realized that the boom from the pandemic was not sustainable. Mm -hmm. So you, you do fall victim to that. So there's no way to avoid that completely. But if you can try to think of the other reasons why you might be wrong, then you can avoid getting stuck on the wrong side of multiple expansion and multiple contraction. And that can help your investment results the more you can avoid some of that. Yeah, absolutely. It can. And I think those are important ideas to consider. And, you know, no matter who we are, we can fall victim to these biases in our emotions. And it's important to try to have, there's really no way to avoid our emotions. Unfortunately, some of the things that maybe you can do to try to try to help you avoid some of that are writing down your thesis. Why am I buying this company and doing enough work to understand what drives the growth of the business, having a checklist can be super, super helpful because then you can check. You can literally just go to a, you know your spreadsheet or a piece of paper and say, yep, 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 no, 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 no. And, you know, those those kinds of things can help avoid some of those things. But, you know, we're all human. We all make mistakes. And there's no perfect investor. Even Warren Buffett has made many, 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 many mistakes. And it's it's part of the game is you make poor choices and you just have to learn from them. And that's hopefully what we can help you guys avoid is learning from our mistakes and the things that we have done wrong. Cause Lord knows I've made a few too. So it's just part of the game. All right. So with that, I will go ahead and get off my soapbox and we'll go ahead and wrap up the show for today. Hope everybody enjoyed the show. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on your preferred podcast app. If you enjoyed our little show, if you would kindly consider giving us a review, it greatly helps the show. And don't forget to browse the incredible materials we've created for you at einvestingforbeginners.com. Lastly, continue growing your knowledge as an investing for beginners insider with insights and educational tips delivered right to your inbox for free. Sign up today. And with that, we'll go ahead and sign us off. You guys go out there and invest with a margin of safety, emphasis on the safety. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you all next week. We hope you enjoyed this content. Seven Steps to Understanding the Stock Market shows you precisely how to break down the numbers in an engaging and readable way with real-life examples. Get access today at stockmarketpdf.com. Until next time, have a prosperous day. The information contained is for general information and educational purposes only. It is not intended for a substitute for legal, commercial, and or financial advice from a licensed professional. Review our full disclaimer at einvestingforbeginners.com.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.